three, two, one. You ready? You're listening to the Real Pineapple Podcast Network. I'll never sing this song again. <laughs> Good evening, everybody. Thank you so much for listening. This is The Real Pineapple. This is your humble host, Hunter, here. And my quote singing, unquote, that you just heard there was from the 90s Babysitter's Club, which I will be the first to win. I actually vaguely kind of remember. Um, I don't even remember what network it was on. I feel like it was on Fox Saturday morning. I could be completely wrong on that, but that sounds right. But I am reviewing, uh, not the, not the 90s Basers Club, thank God. I'm reviewing the Netflix, uh, reboot of it, which just came out, uh, this past Friday, uh, uh, July 3rd. And this has... So, okay, full disclosure, I probably know more about Alaskan bobsledding than I do about the Babysitter's Club. I have no real connection to these characters. I remember babysitting back in the day, um, which was a Tuesday, but, uh, but babysitting back in the day, I remember the books because I used to go to the Scholastic Book Fairs all the time because back, back before there were tablets, you actually had to go get books, and that's... Where that's when I would, you know, always stock up. And I remember seeing the Beasters Club stuff. All the girls, you know, growing up through uh, grade school. And even in middle school, to an extent, loved those freaking books. And I remember always going, okay, these are clearly not made for me. I'll I'll stick to reading my uh, Encyclopedia Brown and Wayside School to really really date myself. Uh, (laughs) But... These always had a real strong following. Like, what the Hardy Boys was to young boys, the Babysitter Club, Babysitter's Club was to young girls, you know. So, when I heard they were rebooting it, I was like, oh, okay. Th- th- considering the state of the world and that our president is a fucking moron, I figured, hey, it would be nice to watch something that's, you know, light and fluffy and, you know, the equivalent of marshmallow fluff in a Netflix, <laughs> in a Netflix series. And... I gotta be honest, guys, the fact that I like this so much more than Black AF, it actually makes me hate Black AF more somehow, which is impressive considering I already fucking despise that show, but this is one of the biggest surprises I can remember in the last three years of me doing the podcast. Uh, This is something I think that's gonna catch a lot of people off guard. Damn sure got me off guard, Uh, but... Yeah, this just works incredibly well, way better than it has any right to. And I fully acknowledge that is going to be apparent in the grade that I end up giving this, which I will be the first to admit, not really sure where I'm laying on this. I'm going between like two or three grades, but we will get there. So again, no connection to these characters. So if you're listening to this and you go, but why did you bring up that thing again? No connection to Babysitter's Club, I'm just reviewing this uh, as far as the Netflix show is concerned. So, the the show stars uh, Christy Thomas, who's played by Sophie Grace, and 
a lot of these, uh, the, the core cast, at least to my knowledge, I believe they're all, like, relatively newcomers. I, I Looking through their filmographies, it's not uh, super extensive. What I really appreciate about this is that these kids actually look like children, which is always nice because, you know, we, we uh, you look at something like Bratz, which is, by the way, this is way better than Bratz and actually makes me hate Bratz more. Um, it's actually nice to see kids acting like kids and not, you know, casting someone who's 17, 18 years old to play, you know, someone 12. Like, it, these these girls look like 12-year-old girls, act like 12-year-old girls. And Sophie Grace in particular, playing Chrissy Thomas, she actually probably has the hardest job out of everyone in the show because she's, she's a bitch. Like, she's a total bitch at points. But as I had to point out to my friend, because we were kind of discussing this and I was sharing my surprises about it, She's also a teenager, and if you've ever worked retail, you know that teenagers are terrible. Teenagers are absolutely terrible, entitled, um, yell at their parents, uh, not black teenagers, but, <laughs> but, but teenagers in general are just really quite terrible and entitled, and you're supposed to not like Christy at points, but you are supposed to root for her, and I think for the first, I'd say the first half of the season, I really just wanted to hold this girl's head in a sink because she was really pissing me off. Um, but to the credit of the show, when she inevitably makes her turn, um, it's around episode, uh, it's really after episode five, I feel like she kind of turns. I remember going, you know what? Okay, this actually works surprisingly well. And Sophie Grace has to be able to go ahead and walk that line between being a bitch and then having that kind of aha moment. And oh, she, th the show in particular has some dramatic beats that I really was kind of taken back by, but in a good way. Um, one of the first scenes in the first episode, uh, the first episode being uh, Christie's Great Idea, which is, of course, what leads to the whole formation of the Babysitter's Club, she is having dinner with her brothers and her mom, uh, Elizabeth, played by Alicia Silverstone, which is a fucking trip to see her in this. Um, luckily, she's not, you know, trying to, like, you know, breastfeed her or anything of the weird shit that she does, you know, off camera. But what was really cool about this is that they have a very real fight. Um, I've talked about this on the podcast. If it's your first time, you'll, you'll very quickly. Uh, I lost my dad around the same time that Christy was. And I remember, you know, my mom dating, and, you know, I, I remember one guy in particular, I can't even remember his name, but I remember, he, like, when I met him, he was like, oh, hey, sport, how you doing? I remember going, oh, yeah, you're not getting a second date, motherfucker. Like, I remember just being very irritated. But you do hit that point as a teenager where you go, okay, you know, I want my parent, was my mom, my dad, whatever, I want them to be happy. And... I love this line Christy drops in the first episode where she goes, I want my mom to be happy, but I just want us to be enough, uh, referring to her and her siblings. And unfortunately, she does learn the lesson that, you know, if you're a teenager, uh, if you're a child of divorce, that you learn that, yes, your parents are always going to put you first and foremost, but parents do have their own needs, not just, you know, the gross ones. They want companionship. And I appreciate the way that the show 
tackled that first episode in. I was like, okay, show. I I really appreciate this. Um, the guy playing uh, the uh, man in question, uh, trying to court her mom, is uh, uh, the character's name is Watson. Who's played by Mark. Uh, 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 I'm gonna butcher this. Uh, Ferristein is what I'm gonna go with. Um, you've seen him in a couple things. You've seen him in uh, What Women Want. Um, Royal Pains, that was going to bug the shit out of me because he had a face. I was like, why do I recognize him? Okay, there you go. And I got to say, Mark does a great job in this. And him and Alicia Silverstone actually have some pretty good uh, some pretty good chemistry as the show develops, which I was like, okay, this is actually really cool. Um, she flat out, uh, Christy, flat out calls Watson out for being like, oh, you know, you expect us to go ahead and pardon me, you expect us to go ahead and just go ahead and kiss butt for the first rich guy you date, and it's a very brutal, like, oh, wow, girl, calm down, and Elizabeth rightfully so freaks the fuck out, and it's, the show is interesting because Christy is gonna grow up to be one of those women, uh, <laughs> one of those women I get in arguments with on Twitter, you know, when I give birth to pray at B minus, it's like you just hate strong women. He haw, he haw that that bullshit. Like it's it it he he's gonna grow up to be one of those. And if there's an irritating thing about this, she is very much that extreme uh, feminist very early on. And honestly, though, at the same time, we need more feminists. On honestly, anyway, but. She is going to be that person where you, you will have to check her on occasion and go, look, <laughs> like, this is not a, you know, a sexist issue. This is just my opinion because of A, B, and C. And that is the thing I have to give this show the most credit for, is that uh, Christy Claudia, who's played by uh, Momona uh, Tamada, Stacy, who's played by Shay Rudolph, and then uh, uh, Marianne, who's played by Malia Baker, and then I'm going to butcher uh, her name, but uh, uh, I'm going to say Exhodal uh, Gomez, who plays Dawn, who shows up uh, a couple episodes later on. Um, their chemistry is great together, but they all feel individual, like individualistic. Like, they all have their thing. Uh, Claudia is... Uh, Flat out, Claudia is my second favorite character. Uh, Marianne would be my first, but Claudia is great because she isn't doing great in school. Her parents scold her uh, for that. But what I really appreciate is that she's a big uh, she's a big art nerd. Like they, she has this whole conversation with this boy she has a crush on about abstract paintings, and she's trying to go ahead and get into this. Uh, intern uh this uh this art camp that goes throughout the summer and i really appreciate the way that every girl was fleshed out and had their own thing independent from the group which i think is really important because if you only associate the bcs club just with being a club you're less engaged and less interested in their individual journeys and they did a really great job of actually making each girl feel important which over 10 episodes for only a half hour piece I think that's quite a feat, how many characters they actually do flesh out. Um, I gotta give major props to Shay Rudolph, too. So she plays Stacy, and she's kind of the... She's the she's the rich girl who doesn't act like she's rich. And I really appreciate that, because they could have made her... I mean, Christy kind of has the bitch role filled. They could have made Stacy a bitch, too. But she's not. She's a very sincere, very sweet, um, unsure of herself as 
you know, we all are for the most part at that age, uh, girl. And you find out something about her. I want to say it's episode three. Yes, it is episode three. The, the truth about Stacy. This show, the amount of issues it tackles. So I'm just going to go through a small list here. So it tackles diabetes. It tackles uh, broken, broken homes, uh, children of divorce. It, uh, it tackles a parent just flat out running out like uh like you find out Christie's dad does it brings up uh the uh it brings up Japanese internment camps it brings up uh really our healthcare system and the thing that I remember pausing this for and even looking over at uh, Alea and going like oh my god I can't believe they went there uh they go over uh they have a trans kid storyline in here which I will which I will get to but the thing about this show that I think works so well is not just the chemistry, but someone really understood the responsibility they had to not just young girls, but really just the young people in general. Because I think if you're a parent, or you know you're you're a you're an older you're the oldest sibling, you do feel this responsibility of trying to be able to go ahead and educate people and. There's just, there's a lot here that could have gone horribly wrong and come across really preachy and, you know, uneducated, uninformed, um, intolerant kids, you know, grow up to go ahead and be the ones who are saying, you know, I don't want to wear a mask and da 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 like, I mean, that's what they grow up to be. And if we can go ahead and actually have kids be taught that, hey, a kid being trans isn't something you should you know, run for the hills for, or go like, oh, you're, you're impending on my religious rights, or any of that shit, if we can go ahead, and, and if that can be addressed at 11, 12 years old, so that when they get into high school, they're not bullying those kids that are different from them, then, you know what, hell yeah, make the Basers Club go on for 10 seasons, I, I completely support that, how long did Orange is the New Black go on for, like, have it go on as long as that, um, I, I, I want to get through the rest of the characters because I have a shocking amount to actually say about this. Um, so Malia is pro uh, or Marianne's probably my favorite, who's played by Malia Baker. She her dad is a uh, Richard's uh, Richard uh, uh, Spire, who's played by uh, Mark Evan Jackson, who you of course know as Kevin from Brooklyn Nine Nine. Uh, you know Michonne from The Good Place, which I have not watched The Good Place yet. Everyone keeps yelling at me that I need to, and I, I will get to it, I promise. Um, we will review it, I promise, I promise, I promise. But their relationship is so sweet, and I, forgive me, I can't remember, I believe the mom died. I don't believe they say what the mom died from, but he's going ahead and raising her by himself. And I appreciate the fact that there is a there's an episode, I want to say it's episode uh it's episode four yeah it's episode four where he flat out tells her like look you know raising you is a challenge and you know i love you but i i don't know always know what i'm doing and she, he has a very adult conversation with her and and while part of her storyline marianne's storyline is how um fragile she's treated by her dad i really did appreciate the fact that there's that point where he acquiesces to her and goes look i don't know what i'm doing but i'm doing the best i can there are some very adult conversations that occur in this show that are really going to catch people off guard but i think it's a it's a great thing um 
I mean, it talks about boys. I mean, as it as it would. I mean, you know, teenagers. And I uh, probably my favorite episode. I think it's my favorite episode. Would probably be episode seven or episode eight. Episode seven is Boy Crazy Stacy, where Marianne and Stacy go to the Jersey Shore, Lord knows why, for spring break, and Stacy develops this crush on this much older lifeguard and. They're supposed to be babysitting um, uh, Watson's kids, uh, who they've uh, or not. I I I I oh I don't think it's Watson's kids, but they're supposed to be babysitting these kids who they uh, have gone on uh, this vacation with. And Stacy flat out just kind of bails on Marianne, and I really appreciate the fact that you know I mean hell you could tie that in with just people you know ghosting you or just being really shitty friends and not responding i mean you could really tie that into whatever but i appreciate the fact that they have that storyline and stacy kind of has to learn that unfortunately guys and i'm calling out my gender here guys can just be fucking terrible and go ahead and definitely go ahead and use you for entertainment use you for what men think you're worth and then just go ahead and move on and i i really appreciate that stacy kind of had that that reckoning and went ahead and had to, to deal with that. Um, I want to move on to Claudia. Because Claudia, I think, is the most... I don't want to say she's the most complex character. But I probably love her home life the most. Because while her parents don't get a lot of, uh, don't get a lot of uh, character development. Which is one of the few gripes I do have with the show. Her grandma, who lives with them... I freaking love, and I'm going to butcher her name, but I believe it's uh, uh, Takayo Fisher who plays Mimi. So, something happens with Mimi. If you have read the book, you'll know what it is. Just to avoid spoilers, I won't say it here. But there is something that happens with Mimi, and what I love is that they use that, uh, what happens with her, to go ahead and inform Claudia about uh, Japanese internment camps, and they go ahead and kind of tie it in, in as a history lesson. And again, uh, we just reviewed Hamilton. We talked about the fact that you know a lot of people are going ahead and talking crap about the fact that Hamilton's not incredibly, like, isn't exactly historically accurate. You think about how history is taught in schools. There's a lot of omissions there, and I think. The Japanese internment camps alone is something that we that's really glossed over in history, and so I really appreciate the show for taking, you know, the time to go ahead and stop and go look and go ahead and really push this uh, and, and really go ahead and educate kids. Um, the thing I'm going to give the show the most credit for, and if you haven't watched the show, uh, this is it's not even a spoiler, so I, I don't feel bad talking about it. So. There is this episode, and I believe, like I said, it is episode four, Marianne Saves the Day, where Marianne is babysitting for this kid, and the kid ends up getting sick and has a uh, has a fever, and so uh, Marianne like texts uh, Christy, uh, she's not answering her phone, tries to get in touch with her dad, he's not responding, so she's like, oh my god, I have to do this myself, and. So when they go to the kid's room, you see this closet, like closet full of stuff on the left, and in the kid, in the kid in question goes, "Oh, this is where all my," uh, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but this is where 
uh, she, uh, the kid goes, oh, well, th- these are where all my princess clothes are. And so I remember looking over at Leia and I went, oh my god, is that kid trans? Are they going to go ahead and say that this, this, this is a trans kid? And they do. The show flat out goes that, um, and, and I'm trying to find the kid's name and I cannot find it, but, um, yeah, she flat out goes that, you know, says that, you know, she identifies as a girl. And so when Marianne goes ahead and takes her to the hospital, they're going ahead and calling uh, the doctor and the nurse saying like, oh, how you doing, son? Like, you doing okay? You feeling all right, champ? Like, stuff like that. And Marianne, up until this point of the season, has been very timid, has been unsure of herself. And this moment in particular for me, I thought was one of the most gratifying and satisfying moments in the whole season. You find uh, Marianne flat out goes up to the doctor and the nurse and goes, look, uh, she is not a he. She identifies as a girl and you need to go ahead and not have, you know, this blue, uh, this blue gown for her. You need to go ahead and find something uh, more feminine for her. And the doctor's kind of like, oh, okay, shit. And I appreciate the hell out of that. And I got very emotional. I I fully acknowledge this show made me cry at least three times. And if you told me back in 2019, in 2020, I'd be crying over a Netflix reboot of The Babysitter's Club, I would have told you, you're full of crap, get away from me. But, But it's such an emotional scene. It's so incredibly well done. And it really... It could have come across preachy. There are multiple points where the show could have come across as preachy. You know, oh, you're pushing an agenda, blah, 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 all the crap that intolerant people say. It really could have come across like that. And yet the show dodges those pitfalls every single time. Um, to the point that I really think that kids are going to leave informed and, and feel like they learned something. Which, again, go figure. I mean, a show's going to teach you a little bit about being... Uh, I'm not going to say woke, but, you know, socially tolerant and you're going to get entertained, then, I mean, hell yeah, what else could you possibly want? Um, If there is a complaint, and I have a couple, uh, Christy, as I mentioned, she is a battle axe for the first half of the season to a point where I, I think it does get a little annoying how it seems like people are kind of acquiescing to her. I know every, I know I mentioned that the Babysitter's Club itself goes ahead and calls each other out, which I love. Um, there's a scene where um, Marianne uh, got home late from uh, got home late from uh, babysitting, and so her dad goes ahead and grounds her. She was only 20 minutes late, but she he goes, "You're grounded." So, uh, so uh, Marianne can't go ahead and babysit. Uh, Watson's uh, Watson Brewer's kids, and so Christy even goes, "Oh my God, I, could I just expect a little bit of professionalism? Like you, you know, like what kind of dad would do that?" And um, <laughs> and Marianne Flout goes, "Like what would you know about having a dad that's around?" And I remember going, "Oh shit, that's that's a deep cut." And they have a fight about it, and I remember going, "You know what? Good. I am happy they are calling each other out on their shit, and they're not letting Chrissy just get away with everything." Uh, there's a lot of that in this show. There's some, there's some, some burns. I went, "Oh wow, okay." But not only does this show deal with trans youth, it deals with, you know, as I mentioned, the Japanese, uh, 
Japanese camps. It deals with civil rights. It deals with protesting. It deals with uh, children with divorce. It deals with um, you know absent fathers. Uh, it deals with single fathers trying to go ahead and you know get um, you know go ahead and date. It deals with uh, you know things not ending well in high school. I mean, it, it deals uh, it deals with cyberbullying. Uh, I don't want to even really talk about it, but I will just say Stacy her arc when you find out why she moved from New York it makes a hell of a lot of sense and it's uh it's quite a dark and a pretty grim thing when you find out what happened I was like oh wow that is that is really crazy um also uh Janine uh who's Claudia's sister I I uh I cannot find oh, oh pardon me uh I'm gonna butcher your name I'm sorry uh uh, Aya Furukawa, who I'm gonna go with. I she reminded me so much of uh, Judy Funny from Doug. Like it was kind of it was kind of surreal. Uh, like a yeah, like a Japanese, uh, like a Japanese uh, Judy Funny. I really she's how do I put this? She's a little. She's so emotionally immature. It almost feels like a disorder, and the show never really touches on that. She just kind of feels emotionally just cold across the board, uh, really until the show doesn't need her to be. And that was a little bit of a gripe I had. I was just like, eh, all right, I don't, I don't love that. And also when Christy is going off on her mom about getting married. Uh, Elizabeth never says how long her and Watson have been dating. They just say, oh, you know, we've been together a while now, but, you know, a while could be, you know, eight months, a while could be five years. I, I wish they would have been more clear on the amount of time uh, between them dating and them getting married. Like, I, I was a little irritated by that. I, I, I wanted more uh, clarification on that. And you could have done that as just a throwaway line. It's gone, oh, well, you know, we've been dating for three years or whatever, but the fact we didn't get that did irritate me a little bit, but, I mean, what are you gonna do? Um, I have more to say about this, but really, I, I don't want to spoil really anything else. Um, I think Christie's Big Day is probably the best episode start to finish. That or, uh, that or Marianne Saves the Day. Like, that, that's the thing. Every episode is solid. Um, it really, I think, is just going to be a preference for people on which ones they like more. I thought the finale, it's a two-parter, uh, Hello Camp Moosehead Part 1 and Part 2. I was really getting mad at the camp counselors. I was really feeling emotion about how, uh, really quite terrible these camp counselors were being. But that is a testament to the show, because I felt emotion throughout all of this. When... Uh, Boy Crazy Stacy's happening. She's talking to this dude who's clearly too old for. You know, I I knew what was coming, and I was like, oh, God, please just don't hurt her too badly. I was really invested in this show after episode one, really, let alone uh, until the finale, where I just, I was really wanting more of the show. Um, I really hope this gets renewed. Uh, I just saw that chilling... Adventures of Sabrina, uh, this part four that's airing this year, that's that's it. It's been canceled, so that sucks. But I really hope this gets renewed because I think there is a lot of material here. If you're a parent and you're having trouble broaching these tough subjects, 
um, this is a very good tool for you to go ahead and sit down, watch with your kids, and go, okay, let's let's talk about this. The show does a lot of heavy lifting in that sense, and I, I was really quite impressed. And there are gay youth represented here. I, I, I mentioned, you know, uh, 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 the, the trans girl in this, but there there are uh, there are gay youth represented in here, and they are not played up for, for caricatures or for laughs. They're all very intelligent, very just, you know, just just people. And I really appreciate the f fact that the show really did cover a lot of different spectrums. There's a there's a woman here in the show who practices witchcraft, and I don't want to spoil that storyline. But she's like, a, not not witchcraft, but she even says that she's a witch. And I, I really appreciate the fact that they brought all these different elements in and really made it feel like a melting pot. And I think people are going to go ahead and really appreciate how raw the show does get. I was a little surprised that this got rated TVG. I feel like this is probably a TVPG, but I mean, I'm 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 splitting hairs at this point. Um, for me, I, I know I said that I'm, I'm kind of torn between a couple grades, but to be honest, guys, for the amount of effort I think this show puts in, and for how really well thought out so many of these plot lines are. I can't go fan fucking tastic because I, I, I think that my, I think my gripes are justified. But you know what? Nah, you know what? No, 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 no. We'll do it. It's a fan f fantastic. Um, I, I know I already cussed on the review, but it's it's a great it's a great show, and this is something I really do believe is going to be used as a teaching tool, especially if you have you know, seven or eight year olds, I think you could show this to a seven or eight year old and they would go, oh, okay, I think there's enough here as far as the humor for the kids, there's some adult humor, not, not extreme adult humor, like no one, you know, there's like, not like dick jokes or anything, but there's enough here that's going to keep kids engaged, but there's enough here that's going to keep adults engaged, which again, is a very rare thing, but yeah, this is a fan-fucking-tastic, everyone should watch this, even if you're you have, like, boys, you know, and they're 10 or 11. You could show this to boys, and I think there's going to be enough there for them that they're going to go, okay, um, it, it's really well shot as well. Uh, it's felt like they went, you know, uh, several different places, which I appreciated. And, again, they attack some of these issues, or all these issues that they go ahead and touch on with such a grace to them, and yet it's done for kids, but it's not talking down to kids, which is a very important distinction to make. So I, I just have a lot of respect for this show. So yeah, this is a fan-fucking-tastic for me. But guys, babies, uh, guys and girls, pardon me, especially on this review, uh, Babysitter's Club, have you watched it? Have you seen it? Uh, do you remember the, the 90s Babysitter's Club? Because I've talked to a couple of my friends who do remember the 90s Babysitter Club, uh, Babysitter's Club show. So uh, do you think this is a good adaptation or a good uh, reboot, as it were? Let us know what you thought in the comments. You can go ahead and like us on Facebook at The Real Pineapple. You can follow yours truly on the Twitter at JHunterRealPineapple. You can follow Scott on Twitter at NearmanTheFirst. And you can follow Colin on Twitter at TheRealO'Neal. And go ahead and like, share, and subscribe. Go ahead and leave us five stars if you're on Apple Podcasts, please. So you can find us on uh, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Podbean, Stitcher Radio, Spotify, SoundCloud, 
uh, Podbean, and iHeartRadio at The Real Pineapple. Uh, guys, thank you so much for listening. We'll have reviews up this weekend for Greyhound and reviews up for uh, Twilight Zone Season 2, which I will go ahead and get that up here this weekend. Um, thank you so much for your support, everyone. We love you guys. Please stay safe out there. Wear masks. The sooner we all wear masks, the sooner we can all go back outside. And please stay safe out there. We will talk to you guys soon. Take care.